So let's get right to the word. Um, good thing we don't have a time back there today, so that's awesome. Uh, no, don't worry, don't worry. I will not be in front of you, you know, for much longer. Um, so this series this week, we are pretty much talking about uh, training. Training, training. How many of you believe that we all need training in life? Hallelujah. How many of you desire to be trained? How many of you is coachable? Because <laughs> that's important. You know, training is important, but also we have to, you know, be open to receive training. Because, uh, you know, other than that, you know, that always create a problem. So we're going to start in first, well, let's do this. Last week we talked about training, but the whole, what we did, we pretty much posed a question. We pretty much was posing questions because a lot of time, most people, the reason that they don't train or they don't see a desire to receive training or to, you know, to, to, to ask somebody to show them a mentor is because most of the time, either we don't know, and a lot of time we don't know what we don't know. So you often don't ask for help in an area in your life where the enemy is defeating you because you don't even know that you're being defeated. You don't even know that the enemy is in control in that area. You don't even know that you are lacking in that area. So sometimes the enemy would definitely tear us apart in our ignorance. And again, ignorance is just not knowing the truth. So, you know, often when we hear the word ignorance, it sounds like somebody's insulting us, but it's definitely not insulting. <laughs> it's simply you just don't know. You know, I don't know that this is the case, you know. So, and all we have to know most of the time, we, it always starts with an open heart. Father, I feel like, you know, show me. Father, I feel like I'm lacking in this area. I need help. Father, sent me the right person to lead me, to guide me. Father, show me, open my eyes, because I don't even know that what, I, what I don't know. So that's important that we ask for help. And training is the way to get that. And most importantly, because we are called to do something. We are all leaders in this place. The Father predestined us for greatness. Hallelujah. The Father called us for things. So you're not just here by accident. There's no such thing in life. You're not just here just because the Father didn't have a better plan. You are that better plan. You are that better plan. You are that plan. So because he predest he took time to cater every single, to literally just, you know what, to mold you. Everything in you, every little bit of you, he molded. And that's a perfect replica. That's how he looks like. So when you see yourself, that's what, that's what, that's what your father looks like. And because of that, he put us in areas because he, there's, a, there's a plan, there's, there's a calling in your life. So you need to, he placed people in your life to help you get there. As much as sometimes we don't like it, but we can't do it in our own. We can't do it in our own. It's impossible. You might do it in your own, but it would probably take you a whole lifetime. Something that could have probably taken you 10 years, well, let's say one year, can easily happen in 10 years because we're just not around the right people to help us. So the Father, because he loves us so much, he intentionally create system, create, put people in your life, set things in the right place. Sometimes like even opportunity, like the word says, even when we missed it, he used what we missed to actually take us back, bring us back on track. 
We make mistakes. You know what? We didn't listen. We just like, you know, I'm doing my own thing. But yet he's used, he used that to always bring us back in track. Right? So it's important that we know that the Father desire for us to be successful. He desire for us to make it. You know, and I'm a living testimony of that. Young boy, you know, all the way from Haiti. You probably don't, most of you guys probably don't, you know, know where Haiti is, but I hope eventually, you know, you get to visit. But the awesomeness about it is, I kid you not, every time I look at my life, I'm like, wow, I don't even know how that happened because that was definitely not part of my plan. To be here, first, to be in America, second, to be on this stage. I had a whole different plan. But you know what I realized? Every little bit of thing that happened, good and bad. In fact, to be honest with you, a lot of, most of it are bad. But he used all that bad to shape me into the man that I am right now. He placed people in my life that I didn't even have any desire to be around, not necessarily desire, or that I wouldn't even know would have been an asset. So that's why it's important that we never know the people that are around. Your next breakthrough is that person sitting right next to you, and you don't even know it. Most of the time, we missed it. You know? So we have to always be sensitive to the spirit. Father, okay, you know what? I desire. So the moment you desire, the heart, the spirit realm will literally operate. Your angels is going to search out. Because the word says, yeah, our ministering angels always go before us, fixing the crooked path, ministering. So I promised you, most of the time, the opportunity that comes in your way, it was not you. You had nothing to do with it. But your heart simply desire in the Father, in your angels, like, you know what? The Father says, yeah, he needs this. He needs a trainer. He needs a coach. He needs somebody. He needs that business opportunity. You need to bring that application on top because, yeah, my daughter needs a job. Okay, let's get back on it. Yeah. <laughs> but training today, pretty much we're going to be pretty much talking about the whole concept again, continuing with training. Our heart needs to be trained. And our sight needs to be trained. Because there's ministry to be done. Our first ministry is to share the word, to give the word. That is our first calling. That is our first job as God's children. The moment you come to the knowledge of Christ, your first job is, okay, give it back. Freely receive, give it back. But it needs to be trained. We need to know how to do that. So our title of our message is Training Your Heart and Your Sight to Serve. In 1 Corinthians 3, we're going to read the chapter. Well, not the whole chapter, but 3 to 8 through 13. He who plants, this is Paul talking, he who plants and he who waters are one in purpose. And each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field and God's building. By the grace God has given me, he's talking about him, himself because he was an apostle. <clears throat> I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. I love it. But each one must be careful on what? How 
for no one can lay a foundation other than the one already laid. Which is who? Because he is the foundation. So anything that we do, we add on top of it, it has to make sense with what? If anyone built on this foundation using gold, <laughs> silver, precious stone, wood, hay, or a straw, his workmanship will be evident because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will prove, <laughs> love this, the quality of each man's work. There's so much in this, but Apostle did a whole teaching on gold standard. Pretty much everything that you do, you have to do it at a gold standard. And he breaks down each of those gold, silver, precious, stone, wood, hay. But today we're going to use this and demonstrate how we are to use that in regards to ministry. In regards to how we are to reveal God, the Father, to those who doesn't know him. Paul pretty much the whole teach, I mean, throughout this whole verse, what he was pretty much talking about is having the proper foundation according to the standard of, of what, of, 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 according to the standard that Christ has already established. And the beautiful thing about that, because a lot of time as believers, if we are to train, it has to, if we say that we are God's children and we are God's children, if whatever that we do, it has to make sense according to the standard that qualified us to be as such. Does it make sense? So if the Father says to practice righteousness, I can't say that I'm not practicing righteousness and say that I'm living according to the standard. Because he establishes standard. He says, you know what, we need to pray in order to stay in communication with me. We need to give in order to receive. Make sense? That's, those are standard. Company has standard, family has standard, and the organization has standard. A standard, pretty much what it is, those are my values. In your household, you have values. No, you're not bringing this in this house, right? <laughs> no, you're not bringing this in, especially for you know, mothers and women. No, you're not gonna bring this in my house. No, she's not welcome. <laughs> no, he's not welcome. No, you can't have your friends stay over. We don't do this in such and such family household. Those are standard and it makes sense. No, we just don't abide by those rules. But a lot of time, and that apply even when it comes to um, the, the ministry of, of reconciliation. Most of the time, one of the issues I believe often people have when it comes to revealing Christ, because most people, they watch your life more than what you say. Your life is the greatest testimony, is the first ministry. When a person look at you, you don't have to tell them that, that you know, Father, you know, Abba loves you or, you know, Jesus died on the cross for you. No, they can just look at your life and see if that makes sense. Because if he dies for you and you're living like this, then I don't, why, why do I need to be part of this? So it's important to understand the standard of things. When we understand the standard, then we can live according to such. 
So Paul pretty much in this teaching, he was just pretty much revealing a few things. He was talking about, hey, this is the foundation, and anybody who's going to build on this foundation, it has to be done according to those standards, because otherwise, when, when tested, it will define whether or not your foundation is solid. When tested, because it will be tested. It will be tested. If you say that you are training, if you say that you are praying, when time comes, when hardship comes, it will show whether or not you are praying for real. It will. You don't, you know, your work, your evidence, like your resistance will determine what kind of prayer life you have. And it's no condemnation. It's just, hey, you know what? Maybe I need to grow higher. Maybe, maybe I need a better training because a lot of time we do things, we can do things with ignorance. You can do something 500 times, but if you're doing it the wrong way, it's still 500 times wrong. <laughs> so we need to have the proper foundation so that when we do it, we can see the result. So Paul was saying, hey, you know what? If any man is going to come built in this, on this foundation, it has to make sense according to the standard that this foundation has. And he says, you know what, such and such, you know, he, um, he planted and Apollos water, but it's, it's God who gives the increase. But there's another part about this. Again, we said you will be tested by fire, but another part about this is because there has to, there's, he was talking about co-laboring. There will be a time, according to the standard of how you train or you receive the information, you have to go out there and give it back. Right here it says, on 11, For no one can lay a foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Anyone built on this foundation using gold, it's actually 13. His workmanship will be evident because the day will bring it to light, and it will be revealed with fire, and fire will prove the quality of each man's work. And another part right here, it says, for, who, for we are God's fellow workers. Pretty much what that means is we are co-laboring with God. Because we are co-laboring with someone, when you're co-laboring with someone, what, pretty much, what are you pretty much doing? We, we working together. When we're working together, it has to, <laughs> I'm sorry, my wife just walked in, I just <laughs> got distracted. <laughs> that is beautiful. Okay, Ooh. okay, I'm good now. <laughs> no, 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 what it is is, because uh, I know she, she was in school, so um, I didn't think she was going to make it, but yeah, that's good. Yeah, thank you, honey, for coming, that's beautiful, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get back. Focus. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. So according to the standard you establish yourself, then the Father can actually put people next to you. God's field. If he put somebody, place somebody in your life, will they be growing? Can, will, will, can you, will they be effectively growing? Can you build them up? Can you build them up? Because 
if we have one foundation, if we have one standard, anybody that comes, if, I'm, if we're all receiving one training, if we're all receiving one training, it doesn't matter where you go, that training is the same. Wherever you go, McDonald's tastes the same way. We hope, right? <laughs> Chick-fil-A, you get the same service, you would hope. Because some places can be a little, you know. So foundation is important because it, it shows our standard. It shows the, our values, what we do, how we do it. I would not change my values for no one. And sometime in life we need to have like those values and not, we need to have a foundation. In our home, in our ministry, in our lives, in our business, in everything that we do. Because when we don't have foundation, we don't have values or standard, anybody can come in and disrupt it. You can, you can, you follow anything. Anything that pop up, it's the, it's the trend in the moment. Oh, okay, no problem, I'll follow with that because you didn't have any values to begin with. You didn't have any foundation. Whatever makes sense in the moment, you do it. But as God's children, Christ is our foundation. Christ is our foundation. If we're gonna minister in regards to love, it has to make sense to how he says love is. If he called me to co-labor, then I need to understand, okay, if I'm gonna minister to someone, what does that look like? So I need to study love. What is Christ's love looks like? I need to understand the heart of God. What is his heart looks like? You know, because a lot of time we say we're doing things for him, but we don't even understand his values. We don't understand his foundation. We don't have, we don't even understand his standard. So when you start doing things, things start happening is because you are doing it according to how you see it. The Father says, God is love. When we're talking about love, unconditional love. Yes, they did this to me. The Father says, God is love. Love doesn't change. Love has no recognition. It remembers nothing. It forgives all things. If I love you according to the value and the standard that he established, that Christ is, it doesn't matter if somebody slap you. Love. We would hope that they didn't have to slap you, but, or they don't slap you, but it doesn't matter if somebody spit in your face. They did the same thing to Jesus. He did the exact same thing. He says, you know, no, they don't even know what they're doing, Father. Yeah, forgive them. So if we're talking about standard, we have to mimic the standard. Kind of like a franchise. When you come or household or family, whatever the case may be, organization, when you come in a job, at your job, the company has a standard. They say, this is our final, this is what we do, this is what we don't do. If you like it, you stays in it. If you don't, you leave it. But you don't come in that company and then say, you know what, I, I know that you say uh, we don't allow head wrap, but I'm gonna have a head wrap because my such and such, my religion, or some company will bend a little bit according to the, you know, their protocols and stuff like that, but some won't. Most come, you know, no, this is our standard. When you are coming in, when we are coming in the family of Christ, we knew the standard. Well, at least 
I would hope you do your diligence and see the requirement. Make sense? And it's all love, but it's important to understand, hey, this is the requirement. You know what? As a child of God, I have to forgive always. No, the Father's grace, but I also have to understand this is how he does things. Make sense? Because when I work for a company, I make sure that I know because then a lot of time we missed out on the opportunities. We missed out on benefits. Make sense? We apply for a job or um, we, we apply for whatever the case may be. Or we get arrested by the cops, but because we don't know our values, we don't know the law, we don't know the bylaws of, hey, as a citizen of America, this is my bylaws. This is, this, those, are, those are the benefit that comes with this, as me being a citizen. At first, uh, since February, I become a U.S. citizen. At first, I wasn't. There's a certain thing... If I, go to, if I had, at the time, had I went to visit Haiti and spent too long, because as a citizen, as a green card holder, you can only stay out of the country for about, I believe, if I'm correct, about three months, max. If you stay longer in one visit, when you're coming back, more likely you'll get stopped. But as a US citizen, they can't do that. I can go and stay forever, and then whenever I desire to come back, I just come back. But because I know, I know what comes with being a U.S. citizen, I know that's part, of the, that's part of the benefit. They don't have any authority over me. They really don't. So the more we understand the things that comes, the values, the standard, the requirement on the foundation that we're standing on, that we built on, is the more we, we is the more we enjoyed it, you know. And I think people often people will say that you know Christianity can be hard. Christianity is the easiest. Being a child of God is the greatest thing you'll ever accomplish on your lifetime. Because some of those other religion, if you do this, you know, you, you messed up. If you don't pray for a certain day, for a certain amount of time, then the level of condemnation that you feel. But a lot of times as Christians, we'll go, we don't, we don't pray for a whole month. We're good. We're good because the Father, there's grace. He understands. The Father will meet us right where we are. So we have to understand those things. Make sense? The values. But however, if we're going to operate at our best, we have to do it according to the gold standard that Paul was talking about. Yes, you can do that, but there's a certain level of benefits you will only receive when you operate at the gold standard. Because when fire comes, as he said this, because your quality, your, t your training will be tested. Your t what you say, if you say that you love God, if you say that you love whatever you say out of your mouth, it will be tested. So we have to be very, even very careful. When we say we love somebody, that love will be tested. We love our spouse, our children, that love will be tested. They will do something so crazy, you, never, you wouldn't even expect it. But hey, you have to love them. You have to love them. So as God's children, we are called to co-labor. Most importantly, we're called to serve. Because we are called to serve, there's a, st a standard. We have to operate in compassion. 
Most of the time, most people don't even understand the whole concept of compassion. I'm going to break it down for you just a little bit. Compassion is by giving over our heart. Hold on, let me see. For our heart to be compassion is we have to give our heart over to Christ for him to mold it into the place, into how we desire for him to do it. We have to literally surrender our heart and say, Father, mold my heart. Give me compassion for people. Because if we're going to do co-labor, if we're going to co-labor with Christ, if we're going to minister to other people, if we're going to bring people into the body of Christ, we have to have compassion. The heart of Jesus' ministry in the very core of his, of his servitude was all about compassion. Every time in the Bible that um, it talks about Jesus did something, he healed somebody, he, um, he set somebody free. It was always, there was always, the word says that he always had a sense of compassion. For example, in Matthew 14, 13, it says, as soon as Jesus heard the news, he felt he left in the boat and remoted to an area, I'm sorry, this is kind of small, to an area to be alone. But the crowd heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. On 14, it says, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion. What did he have? He had compassion on them and healed what? And he healed the sick. If you don't believe me, I'm going to give you another one. In Mark uh, 6, verse 34, that's a different version of it. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had what? Compassion. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He's like, man, I got to help these people. The word says he began teaching them. And on many things. And in fact, down the road, um, down in a chapter, he actually fed them. He fed about 5,000 of them. The Bible talks about in the book of Matthew 20, 29 to 23, there were two blind men sitting on the road. When they heard Jesus was, when they heard, when they heard Jesus was passing by, they start screaming. They were screaming, they're like, oh my God, because there was a moment of breakthrough. They needed him to heal them. But you know, you can even see that from a spiritual perspective. Many people, many believers, many lost soul out there, the reason why they haven't gotten, they're not yet in Christ is because we haven't done our part. It says that two, two blind men, because blind could even be spiritual blind, people who don't know, ignorant of the truth. And they are waiting on us. On verse 30, 33, it says, Move with compassion. Jesus touched their, their eyes. And at once they receive their sight and follow him. He was moved with compassion. So if we go into Bring people in Christ. If we're going to be out there ministering to people, one, the first thing we need to pray for is, Father, give me compassion. I need compassion to understand. 
A true servant, a true leader needs to have compassion. Not just feeling sorry for people or sympathy, but actually cares about them. Because a lot of times, many times we can care, we can say, we can feel sorry. Feeling sorry, that doesn't mean that we have compassion. Because, you know, as human beings, we are connected in a certain emotion. We can feel, see certain things, okay, that just, oh man, that's, that's messed up. But that doesn't mean that we have any compassion, godly compassion in our heart. A true servant cares about God's children, about the lost souls. And the only way we can bring them in Christ is by compassion, is through compassion. When we're serving them, when we see a person, if you're going to give them something, you, got, you have to do it through compassion. We need to have more compassion in order to bring more people into the body of Christ. In order to bring more souls. Because it is impossible, it is impossible to gain souls when you don't care about them. You can't gain them if you don't care about them. Paul talks about where, you know what, he would sit with them just because, so that he can gain them. He will sit with them just so that he can gain their soul. Because it's not about his agenda, it was about the kingdom agenda. Which kind of make me think, a lot of times, the reason why we don't sit with a certain people because we are too elevated. Oh man, okay, no, they're not in my level. No, uh, those are like that kind of people. If you don't go to the gays, there's no way they can come here. It's impossible. If you don't go to the, to the prostitute, there's no way they're going to come here because they already have a, a standard, honestly. They already have a conception, a push, a, 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 a a perspective or preconceived, what's, what's the word? Perception of how the world, how church people see them. And the truth about it, honestly, is if I was one of them, thank God I'm not, I probably would have felt the same way. Nobody wants to be judged. If I walked in this place and everybody started looking at me, I, I don't. Why would, I, would I, why would I stay here? But when we truly, when we allow God to mold our heart according to his standard, when we allow God to mold our heart according to what true love looks like, when we allow God to mold our heart according to, the, to, to his compassion, Jesus, every person he healed, every person he touched, every person he blessed he, because he had compassion. He fed them because he felt compassion, true compassion, not sorry, but true compassion. Another part about this is how we see people determine how we serve people. How you see a person, how you look at them, from your eyes, whatever your lens is telling you, according to your ways of life, or according to your judgmental, according to however, whatever that is, how you see people determine how you serve people. We can, we can see people either as a problem to avoid or as a person to love. Every time you walk down the street, you have two options. You can see that person that you feel like looks crazy. It can either be a scenario for you to like, you know what? I'm going to help you. 
The Father put in my heart for me to help you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to find you a place to, to stay. I'm going to find you a, a shelter home. I'm going to invest in you. Not money. Many people don't even need your money. They just need somebody to care for them. They just need somebody to love them. So how you see them most of the time already gives you, oh, you know, uh, these people, I, I don't want to be around them. We're not saying to go live with them, be with them. But if we're talking about standard, if we're talking about co-laboring with Christ, if we're talking about bringing the body, if we're talking about changing the world, how are we going to change the world? When the Bible talks about the world, is the world that is outside of Christ. Is the world, not the church, but the world outside of Christ. All this organization, the things that a lot of people that we're like, oh man, okay, there's no more, there's no more hope for them. No. That's somebody's soul. That's, that's, that's Abba's soul. That's Abba's sons and daughters. The word says that we don't even have money can buy a soul. There's no such thing. So every soul, every person, for God so loved the world, he could have made that decision himself and said, you know what, Mm-mm. I stopped right there. These people are not going to get it. But if he says, for God so loved the world, that means Anybody that is in this world is included. I don't care whoever you are. Print blank. So we have to be extremely careful about not kicking people out of church, not missing opportunity to bring, to, 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 to save somebody's soul, to, to bring, to reveal Abba, to reveal the Father. Because if we're talking, again, we're talking about standard. And part of our standard, it's to reveal. Part of the job, when a company has a foundation and they have structure, they have things that is a bylaws of the company. Part of our job as one that works in the company of the kingdom is to gain soul, no matter what. In fact, the worse, the better. The worst case scenarios, those are our target market. The worst person, the person that you feel like is the worst, those are the people you are to get on your knees and say, Father, you know, how do I minister to their soul? If he tells you, okay, no, they're not going to listen, then that's a different case, but you got to do your part. The Bible talks about in Luke 10, verse 30 to 37, I told you I was going to do pretty good today on time. In Luke 37, verse uh, 30 to 37, I'm sorry, Luke 10, verse 32 to, uh, to 37. We're not going to do the whole story, but we're going to probably start in um, 30. I want to, for, for us to read this, um, starting in the verse 30 to, uh, to 37, because I want you to hear. That was Jesus talking. He was telling a parable. Do we have it up there? It's kind of hard to see. We're going to read it together. And I want you to actually read down the line or read it together and seeing how he was talking in regards to this man that put himself out there to help one. He didn't even have to. 
Yeah, yeah, ready? We're going to start in verse 30. Thirty-two, thirty, um, thirty-three. Yes. Yeah, ready? Go. I'm sorry. Okay, it's not on the sec- next one. Cool, but I'll read it for you guys. If you guys don't have it, uh, it says, "In reply, Jesus said, because at first, on the beginning of the chapter, um, he there was this man that he met. He was a st- teacher of the law." And um, let me actually read it for you in verse 25. On one occasion, an, ex- an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. He had no intention of actually really learning. He just wanted to test, to test him. So you got to be careful with people that are actually asking you for questions. Often they don't even want to know. They just wanted to test you. You know, drain your anointing, actually. Jesus, and he asked, what must I do to, in, to inherit eternal life? And Jesus asked him, what is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And love your neighbors as yourself. So that was the instruction he gave him. Love your neighbors as what? As yourself. But then now we're going to go to uh, verse 30. It says, In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They, tripped, they stripped him in his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. A priest, right? And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. Many of us do that a lot of time, right? Unfortunately. So to a Levite, Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bended his wound, pouring oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, which, which we call um, nowadays a holiday inn and all of them, and take care of him. The next day, he took out two Donari, and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. And now he, Jesus posted the same question to him. He says, which of, those th- of these three do you think was a neighbor? Or one would say was a good Samaritan to the men who fell on the hand of the robbers. The expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told them, go and do likewise. And the question, the reason why he asked him that is, is because most of the time he knew that man's heart. Not most of the time, Jesus knew this man's intention. He had no desire 
of really knowing the truth. Kind of like how we were saying earlier, most of the time people feel sorry for you, but they don't necessarily want to help. They just feel sorry because it's human nature. If a person is crying, we all start crying. <laughs> if a person is sad, we all, you know, it's emotion attract. One person cried, everybody start crying. But truly in your heart, there was no desire. You have no intention on helping that person. But then we're talking about standard. We're talking about the standard of his establishment. If Christ is the foundation and we are collaborating with him, how are we collaborating if we're not applying the same standard, the same values? Do we stop loving just because a person talked bad about us? Does that fall on the foundation? Does that connect with the foundation? Do we stop giving just because, hey, they're talking about us, I'm not going to pay no more money. This family of mine, they're just disturbed. I don't want to be part of them. Are we applying God's love? Are we mimicking his love? Is that what his love looks like? Is that what compassion looks like, right? So we have to, when we're talking about standard as God's children, we have to make sure that we understand what that truly means. Because a lot of time, we, the Father understands, but that's why he would place on in training. Because we have to train to understand when we go out there to minister to people, to people they're not going to look like you or your family, your friends. They may not say the things that you're actually expecting to hear because they might cuss you out. They might, when they come here, they're not going to operate. They're not going to act like you desire for them to act. Because they're still babies. They're still growing. In fact, there are people that, are still, that have been in church 50 years. They still act like the same way. And you still have to labor with them, like Paul says, until what? Christ is forming them. So if you're not laboring, and that's why he understood. Paul understood. He was, not Paul. Yes, Paul understood foundation. He said, you know what? If we're going to build on this, it has to make sense. Make it make sense. <laughs> Have you heard that saying? Make it make sense. If we say that, hey, you know what? If you say this is what you stand for, okay. Fire will test it. That's what, that's what he said. Fire will test that testimony you made with your mouth. What, that declaration you made with your mouth. If you say that, you know what? Forever or worse, it will be tested. I love you. It will be tested. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. It will be tested. No weapon formed against me can prosper. Yes, it will be tested. Can you, will you resist it? Will you stand your ground in believing what the Father has told you? Will you stand your ground and say, yes, this is the foundation. Christ is my foundation. I can do all things. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He, yes, things will happen. But we, we understand the values that, yes, I serve a most. Christ is in me. My father is, I'm seated far above all things. My father is the king of all kings. When we understand that, then that makes a difference. Jesus says, you know what? Well, I, I'm the one that, I'm putting my life in your hand. You're not taking it from me. In fact, if you, if it was up to me, I would just release. 
a legion of angels to tear down all of this that's happening right here. But I have a greater purpose. I'm called for a greater cause. I have an assignment on my life. The Father sent me, and the Father has a very high standard of me. The Father who sent me has a very high standard of me. So I have to follow through. He was on assignment. So when we understand calling, when we understand why we're here for it, when we understand that the Father sent us to do something, and you know what? Things will happen. People will talk about me. I may not get the job that I was applying for. I may not get that, that opportunity that I was expecting, that I've been praying for. But you know what? It is fine. Because I have a calling in my life. I have a greater purpose that is beyond money. I have a greater calling. I have a greater purpose that is beyond opportunity. I built opportunity. Not opportunity built me. My father has the key of all things. So when we speak, okay, you know what? No, okay. I know, who, I know where I'm seated. I know who I am. So when I speak, I speak with boldness because, yes, okay, you know what? My word will be tested, but indeed that he got my back. The father got my back because, you know what? That's what he's, he, um, Jesus says. You know what, Peter? Yes, the enemy is going to sift you like a wheat. <laughs> yes, because he, he just made a declaration that he didn't really know what came with that. There was a lot that came with that declaration. I will be with you forever. That had to be tested. But the goodness about our Father is that, yes, it's been tested. It's going to be tested, but he loves us so much. Nothing. That's one of my favorite verses. Nothing can separate us from his love. Yes, I may fell, you know, fell short, but it's fine. I'm going to get recovered. It's fine. I'm not going I'm I'm to stay down forever. This is only for a short season. Because you know why? He called me for greater things. My calling and my purpose is so far greater than this little situation that I'm going in. My calling and my purpose on this earth is so much bigger than, this, this, than me not being able to, 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 to meet this season, to, to pay this rent, to, to, to help this family, to do, to do this. Because to say that the Father is not going to show up for you it's to say that he made a mistake on the, on the assignment that he did. Which is, he created you for an assignment, for a purpose. Purpose is beyond anything you can ever imagine. Our purpose is the reason why we're alive. When the Father created us, he thought about purpose. Okay, you know, okay, there's an assignment, there's something to be done. I must create a Chad. I have to create such and such, only for that assignment. Only you can fulfill that assignment. Only you can do it. And I've equipped you with anything that you need, everything you need, you already have it. You are more than conquer to carry it on your back. And not only that, I've assigned a, a, a legion of angels to surround you to make sure that, okay, this assignment come to pass. And that word that I've spoken over your life, yes, it will come to pass because I've had my, I have my angels watching over it to make sure that it come to pass in your life. So as closing, we need to ask those questions as God's children. As those that are called to serve, we are leaders. 
Leaders lead through servitude. Because we are leaders, our job is automatically to serve people. Because we are leaders, because God called us for an assignment, our assignment, a full-time job is to serve people. I know most of the time it can seem it's quite the opposite. But true leaders, true those that are called to serve, you saw, that's your full-time job, to, to help people. In whatever field that may be in. And when we show up with God, with his character, we show up different. Others may cook, but when we cook, there's an anointing that comes with that. Others may, may, may clean, but when we clean, there is an anointing that is so far greater. Nobody can clean this floor like I do. Because he called us. I'm not just doing that to occupy space. But he called me. He anointed me to do that. Amen. So when he called you, because he called you, he already equipped you. Everything you need. Your lack of nothing. So leaders lead through servitude. Yes, you might be sent in this area, in this region. It's a lot of gang bang, There's a lot of gang activities going on there. But because you're anointed to be there, I promise you. When you show up, everybody will sh shift. You will make a change, a different in somebody's life. Simply because you are anointed, he equipped you to, to serve this group of people. And all we need to do is, Father, okay, send me. Father, I'm, a, I'm just, a, I'm just I'm, I'm a empty vessel. Wherever you sent me to be, I will be there. Yes, this area might be dangerous. I hear so many things about it. No, because he equipped you to be there. There is no devil in hell that can stop you from fulfilling the assignment of God. As long as you're staying in his presence, he's going to give you daily instructions. So because we all lead, because we are leaders, we'll, we, we, we lead through servitude. And some of the questions often we have to ask is, who are we serving? Who are we serving right now in our lives? If he called me and anointed me to call labor, what am I doing? Am I not doing my part? Who am I serving right now? Who is waiting for me but because of my judgment, because of my eyes, because of how I see people, I'm not helping them. When I was supposed to make a difference in that person's life and I'm not doing it. Because I'm so worried. That's why the Bible says we have to lose ourselves. Because sometimes when we think so much of our, ourselves, we can let the work of God, we can let the assignment that was assigned in our lives just be flowing. Not being fulfilled because we think too much of ourselves. That is danger. That is very dangerous. We can't be too self-centered. So who are we serving right now? Those are some of the questions that I'm, I, you know, I'm posting to you right now. Who are we serving? And how are we serving? Are we serving according to the standard? Or are we serving, you know what, I'm just doing this because I feel bad. Nobody wants you to feel bad for them. It's either you do it with all your heart, with true compassion, with his love, or you don't do it at all. He will find a, five million other people to do it five times, hundred times way better than you. If you can't do it, I tell people that all the time. If you can't love me, you don't even, you know, don't do it. 
I can love all by myself. I can love myself all by myself. If you're going to love me, do it with sincere heart. If we're going to help somebody, do it with sincere heart. Don't do it as another task, a check mark. No. And most of the time, we don't see fruit out of it because we didn't do it with the right heart. Man, I've been helping so many people. No, your heart wasn't right. Your heart wasn't right. And the father sees heart. He doesn't, see the, he doesn't count the action. Your heart is, is the revelation. He sees your heart demonstrate everything. So we have to be very, very careful when we are doing things. And if the Father didn't give you specific instruction to do something, just don't do it. At least you're not wasting time and expecting something, but your heart is not in it because you were never called to be in it. So it can be both ways. Because sometimes we do things just because we love to do things and we don't get the blessing. And a lot comes with it. But if somebody is that were called to do it, it would flow so much. But sometimes, unfortunately, it happens. A lot of times people are called to do things and they refuse to do it. <laughs> and those that are not called, they're the one trying to do it. <laughs> so those that are not called is getting the fire. But they, they want to do it. Whether it's out of pride or whatever, whatever the case may be, they want to do it. Or some people just love to stay busy. But whatever the case may be, they're volunteered to do it. They're putting themselves out there, but then they're getting so many backfire because those that are called to do it are not doing it. So we have to be very, very, we have to constantly praying. We have to constantly asking the Father, you know what, what am I supposed to do in this season that I'm not doing? Because I know you, okay, I know that I'm, one thing that I know is that I'm purposed. I'm predestined. I'm not just occupying space. So if I'm here, what am I doing? I don't want to do too much stuff. I don't want to be a busybody. <laughs> but you want to be effective and fruitful. So we need to open our heart and say, Father, you know what? Okay, I feel like I'm in a season where I need to, you're calling me to do something, but I'm not clarified on what that is. Reveal it to me. Because I know if you already call me, that means you equip me to do it, you know? What lens are you using? Make sure we cleanse our lens. When we look at people, when we are co-laboring, we are sent. When we, when we evangelize to people, make sure we, our lens is right. If you feel like the Father, I, I always pray this. If I feel like the Father is telling me to, to minister to someone or to give, especially when it comes to giving, I have to make sure I do two things, that I'm not trying to give because I want to show myself that I'm a giver so much, because a lot of time pride can kick in, and I don't want to not give because I'm being <laughs> stingy <laughs> with money. So you want to be very, very mindful and, and, and ask all the time, Father, okay, I know you calling me, I desire to give that person. Uh, is this out of flesh just to show that I, can, I have it, or is this out of goodness and compassion. Because I do want my giving to return hundredfold, by the way. <laughs> but I want, the I want the motive to be right, because when the motives are not right, often we don't see. Make sense? And last question that I want to ask you, are you sticking to the course 
in order to require the skill set that you need to fulfill the assignment that is called in your life. Because a lot of time we don't stick to the course. He sent us somewhere. We we're supposed to be on a, on, on an assignment. That place, that job that you are at, that's where your next breakthrough is supposed to be. But whatever little bit of challenge show up, and you don't have the the humility or the love or the kindness, or you didn't pray enough. We didn't do our due diligence. We didn't do the proper training to stick around to build the stamina to stick around and we leave, we left too early. You, we left too early, because a lot of time people, you know, often I've seen a lot of people that do, you know, just job hopping. I'm like, okay, it's good to do that if there's one person that promote that it's me. But at the same time, we have to be very, very careful because there are times, as believers, as God children, we are not just taking jobs to take jobs, but we are on assignment. We are on an assignment. So if you're sent there to do something and the job um, and the boss spoke to you wrong and you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to take this from you. And you walked out. You walk out on an assignment. There is something that you are supposed to learn from that very boss that you dislike. And you just missed it. Yes, he is annoying or she is annoying, but that is part of it. That was part of your assignment. That's gonna, what's going to take you to the, that next level. There is something in that lady that you very much dislike, or that man. She is annoying. In fact, the enemy is using her with full speed. <laughs> but I'm telling you, your next breakthrough is in her. Because there is something in her that you need. There's a test that you have to overcome. You have to pass. There is something, whatever it is, and... I've learned this often. I say, Father, you know what? Okay, what am I not seeing? Because I used to work with a boss that was extremely, anything you can think of, that was him. <laughs> he was extremely difficult. And I couldn't wait to leave, to, to leave the place. But what, before one time, I was getting a lot of feedback. I was getting a lot of uh, pushback from him. Even, I mean, nothing. I've never done anything good in this place. Not according to his standard. And I respect that. Hey, maybe that was his standard. But the interesting about thing, thing about that was when I finally left that place, the father taught me something. Humility. To deal with someone that is so harsh, but being able to, you know what, because they're in a place of leadership, the word, the, you know, yeah, the Bible says that some would say, okay, that was, you know, prejudice talk. No, respect our leaders. Those that are placed above us, respect them. We can't use some part of the word and don't use some part. Okay, this one is good because it makes sense. Some other part that's prejudice, it was by such and such and such. No. If we're going to respect, we're going to respect all our leaders. Make sense? We have to respect those that, are, that, that God has placed above us. We have to respect the leaders, the governors, the people. That, yes, I may not like them, but... Respect them regardless because there is a grade, there is a blessings in that because we're training constantly, you know. We're in training constantly as God's children. The Father used everything to train us. So I say that to say, last but not least, in Galatians 6 verse 7, it says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reap what they sow, what he sow. Whoever sow to please their flesh... From the flesh, 
reap destructions, whoever so to please the spirit. From the spirit reap eternal life. Let's stand up together. And the whole concept about this is that if you, if we're talking about standard, we have to sow the right seeds. Love and compassion, those are seeds that are being sowing. And many times we get certain things in returns because we sow wrong seeds. We sow hate. We sow discrimination, prejudice. We sow, we just look at people certain ways. They don't have same skin color as us. Somebody that we were supposed to help, oh, maybe. We already make a whole story of what that person may look like. How they're not in our level. And they're, this is, they surely cannot be God because we have a perspective of people. And we sowing. That is an act of sowing. The word says, do not be deceived. Whatever you sow on this earth, you will reap it. So we don't want to reap bad fruit. So we have to literally cleanse ourselves from the things that we, the people that we've, we, we've hurt. The people we let down. That person that the Father has assigned in your life to help, but you missed out on that. And the Father wants to restore that, you know. People that we've so, I, one time I had to go back and say, you know what, there are some people that I did some messed up stuff to. <laughs> Man, I, 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 you know, people that I spoke to, that I, the way that I, sh I did, I shouldn't have done that. And it's impossible to even try to tell them to come to church, how can I? <laughs> but I say, you know, Father, I repent from that. Family of hurts, I have to repent from that. At least I cleanse myself. I'm like, yeah, Father, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Uh, I shouldn't have said that. That was messed up. I just create a whole chaos. Ooh, I should. We create a lot of division at times. We disrupt a lot of family. The Father many times had to deal with me as far as sometimes how we can drop seed and we can disrupt a whole nation. We can disrupt a whole, we can just people we give bad advice to. We didn't know, but yet we said we know because we were full of pride. So we told them to do something, and they made that decision, and it cost them their whole life. So we have to be very, very mindful. Off time, it's fine. We didn't know what we did not know. That's what training is about. I did not know what I didn't know because there are things that I just didn't know. I didn't know I was walking in ignorance. But I say, Father, I repent from those things. I repent from those people that I hurt, that I know that at the time I know that I probably shouldn't have, but I didn't know any better. I only knew what I knew. But today, Father, I pray even for where they are right now. I pray that through my repentance, to my change of heart, that your Holy Spirit can actually minister to them and pull them from whatever mess they may be in that I might have caused. Because a lot of time, evangelism is not just about going in on the street. It's actually by assigning angels and say, you know what? I messed up that person's life. Holy Spirit, please restore them, minister to them. 
Because the word says the Holy Spirit will convict the unbelievers and believers as well into the truth. So we can assign them and say, you know what, that person, I messed them up. I've done it so many times because I know that they, won't, they probably won't pick up my phone call. <laughs> but I'm at a place of maturity and I could say, you know what, Kirby, you messed up. You gave the wrong advice. Somebody that needed a hug that one time and I missed him. I didn't do it because of my personal reason. Like that man, that good Samaritan. That young man, he was in the street. Like they killed him and robbed him of his truth, of whatever. Many people we robbed in our lives. We really have. There are people we rob of their innocence. There are people we rob of their, of their ignorance. There are people we took advantage of just because. But as I was praying and I was preparing this message, that's one of the things that the Father put in my heart to pray in regards to, to repent from those things, from the people that we led wrong, from those that we were supposed to help, we didn't help, from those that we could have helped, but we didn't, from those that we were supposed to be a good influence in their lives, but we did not do that. A lot of time, it just a family member. We could have been a better influence, a friend, a daughter, a coworker. That place that I left, I know that I was sent there to be a better influence in somebody's life, to change that person's life. But because I left, they miss an encounter with Christ. Because I missed my post. I left when I wasn't supposed to leave. So many times I say, Father, okay, I... I repent from those things. And after you repent, and he was like, you know what? The whole body of Christ needs that. Because many times we don't think of that. And our job now is to just say, say, Holy Spirit, I sent you out to minister to those that I've messed up. That are probably still hurting from that very thing that I did. I'm free, but yet they're still in captivity. And that is a form of our evangelism. That is how we show this, we spread the gospel. That is how we use our angels. So Father, we, let's just take a minute. In this very moment, just search in your heart And just say, you know what, Holy Spirit, even the people that I, don't know, that I don't even remember, that I might have done something wrong to them, hurt them, or missed out on giving them a good advice, or missed out on bringing them to Christ. Not doing what I was supposed to do. Not building on the right foundation. I pray that right now that you minister to their soul. Lead them into repentance. Pull them from that place that they found themselves in simply because I was off the mission. Restore them of the things that they've lost simply because I was not there when I was supposed to. When I clearly heard from the voice of God to be there. 
And I would have been that word, that mouthpiece to speak to that person's soul, to, that, to speak to that person's heart. That dream that the Father gave you to, you know what, to be there. Start that business because there's a group of people that are waiting just on you to make an impact in their life, to change their lives. But because you're not there, because you didn't show up, because for whatever reason, you weren't being obedient, they missed out. But today, I will restore you of all things. I will restore even the soul. I will restore them just because you've come to that place of understanding that I'm able to do all things. Father, in this very moment, we, wish, we pray, Father, for the fa that family member that we were supposed to be a good influence in their lives. That person we were supposed to change, we were supposed to lead them to Christ. That person that desired to be loved, but we didn't know what love was ourselves, so we hurt them instead. That person that needed a comfort, but we thought they were our competitors. We repent from that. That boss, that manager that we were supposed to give the word, we were supposed to reveal your agenda, we were supposed to reveal Abba unto them. But because, 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 we were so full of pride. We were in the moment. We were in our ignorance. We were immature. We didn't know any better, Father. We walked out before we could even get a chance to, Father God, give them the word. Before we could even lead them to Christ. Father, in this moment, we repent from all those things. And we pray and we sent out your angels, your ministering angel, to blow your wind on them. To lead them, convince them, Father, and to repent.